We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Musso and Rooney podcast. This episode one ninety whatever. Alongside Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso, and Andy Dalton's the Bears quarterback. Yeah, that's about all I got. Um, I don't know. Massive failure are the words that jump to mind, but I, I think you and I both said it in separate tweets. Like, kind of done. As long as these guys are, are doing this, running this yeah. operation, and, and they're heading the uh, charge, I'm just I can't. I can't really. I, yeah, you can't you can't tie your heart to a franchise that's giving you nothing back. Um, we, we obviously have to jump on here, being a Bears podcast, being a Chicago podcast, um, to offer some thoughts, some semblance of reaction to this. Uh, we don't want to do what the Bears do to their fans and do a disservice by the fans time after time. Uh, so here we are offering you a couple minutes on this, but um, you know, Matt, I, I've I completely agree with you in the fact that. Uh, you can't tie your heart to something that is led by complete and utter failures because you're just going to set yourself up for heartbreak. And, and today was probably the last time that I'm going to allow that to happen uh, under this regime. Yeah, I'll be back on board when, when we start anew and we blow the thing up. But like the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy experience, it, it's done. It, it's 100% done because in breaking this down today and talking with some of our analysts on air, it's just the, it's the mere fact of there is no difference. Like you're building a bridge to nowhere. What you did was replace Mitch Trubisky with Andy Dalton. And if you look at the production, it's going to be the same. Right? My, my, minus a little bit of the mobility. And that's why I'd rather have Mitch as well. But that's the question that I asked to our analysts is, you know, why go do this? Why go spend the money if you could have given that same exact deal to Mitch? Because there is no market for Mitch right now in free agency. Washington was the name that was bouncing mm-hmm. around. They, they go into yeah, this magic. So why not give it to the guy who's mobile and, and, and we know what he is rather than taking a flyer on a guy who's, who we know who he is and, and isn't mobile? And the answer to that is that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, once the Russell Wilson deal fell through, could not sit there and bring back the two quarterbacks that were on the roster last year. That was just they, – they, they had to make it look like they were doing something. And maybe, yeah, all the eggs were in the Russell Wilson basket because the reports were that they did push in Seattle in the 11th hour, in the 23rd hour, said, you know, he's not available, which if you go back on it, hindsight being 2020 was, was going to be how that conversation likely ended 99 times out of 100. Um, but the fact of the matter is they're pushing around their food and make it, they're, they're copying someone else's homework and making it look like they did some work. And, it, and they're copying off the kid who's getting a C in the class anyway. It's like, just, it, it's kicking the can farther down the road. It's, 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 it either screams to me one of an organization that are a guy running an organization that sadly thinks he has a little bit more job security than he does or thinks he, I'm sorry, he thinks he has job security that he probably shouldn't have, but might actually have given how highly the McCaskies think of Ryan Pace. But like, yeah, Russell Wilson wasn't available right now, but the, the the news out of Seattle wasn't we're not trading Russell Wilson. It's he's not available right now. So why did you have to go and make a ten million dollar decision on Andy Dalton? Because I I think any Bears fan would have said, like, granted we don't know all the the inside details, but like if they would have pursued Russell Wilson through the draft and up to that point, maybe not through the draft, but up to that point, and they just could not the get draft, the deal yeah. done. And they and you can't make it known, but you can leak it out. Like, hey guys, we did everything to get Russ. We couldn't get I him. They weren't budging. We're going back with Nick Foles and whoever we just picked up off free agency. I would have taken that. I, I wouldn't have liked it, yeah, but, but I, I would have respected that. To a lot. answer your question, to answer your question, I, I think that they got scared after Fitz That's got exactly signed. Exactly, but they punted on second yesterday. Down. It was it was which is something we've seen before. Yeah, um, seriously, it was it was Russell Wilson being option number one. Fitz being the contingency plan, and when that contingency plan went away, they went to whoever was number three on that list, and apparently Andy Dalton was number three on that list. Yeah, and so. it's it's sickening, and I you know I in a way feel sorry for Andy Dalton because he's going to get his ass booed off the field sixteen weeks or however many weeks he's out there on the field, um, and those boos aren't going to be for him. Those are going to be Matt Nagy's boos. Those are going to be Ryan Pace's boos. And if there was a 
forum in which we could boo them directly. We would as mm-hmm. fans, but but that forum is Sunday at Soldier Field, and unfortunately, this team is going to feel the ire of this Bears fan because, yeah, maybe with Andy Dalton we win seven to nine games, and which and, is football hell, and, and it's 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 NFL purgatory population us, mm-hmm. and it's just it's unfortunate because the fans put so much into it and all of these platitudes that we've put forth before about what it means to be a Bears fan. It's just unfortunate that this is where we're at because it felt close. And if this was, you know, another bad season on the heel of a bunch of bad seasons, then fine. Last year was a sidestep. The year before that was a sidestep. But 2018, you felt like, hey, we're on the right track. We're doing something right. We put the defensive pieces together. We draft this guy in Eddie Jackson, who's going to be an all pro for the next 10 years. Uh, We got Khalil Mack, who's going to be a problem off the edge. All we got to do. Uh, we got to believe in this quarterback. Maybe we we got to go put some pieces around him, and it fell close. And now, at another juncture where a quarterback decision has to be made again, the wrong decision was made by Ryan Pace. I don't care how many Darnell Moonies you hit on. I don't care mm-hmm. how many Tariq Cohens you find. I There's don't one care. position you got to get right, and he has got right. He's zero for four. You will be judged by your quarterback decision making. He trades up and just just bare facts, objectively speaking. Trades up to get Mitch Trubisky, tries to patch that hole with Nick Foles, sits Nick Foles for Mitch Trubisky, and now is trying to patch those two holes with Andy Dalton. It is a complete and utter failure. It is bar. And until these people aren't running the team, you know, I can only be a casual Bears fan. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep you posted, obviously, on everything. But I think going forward, we're going to try and hit a few more other things, some brighter spots around town. Joe, I know you got a, you got a timeline here because you're, you're doing this uh, – very yeah, uh, honorably at work. You got to fly. You also gotta I got a vacation. Flight in six hours. There you go. Seven hours from this recording. Well, you're, and you're, I'm, gonna, I'm you're gonna go west. Hit straight. You're gonna go yeah, hit we're gonna straight. Go, you're gonna, gonna hit play some, some balls. golf in the desert, and uh, we're not maybe, gonna let maybe a course review or Maggie. two. Maybe a course review or two. We got uh, TPC Scottsdale coming up. We got Eagle Mountain. We got Dinosaur Mountain, hmm. and we got Verado Golf Club. All highly rated courses in the Scottsdale Greater uh, Phoenix area. We're going to watch a little uh, Kansas City Royals versus White Sox on Thursday night. So we might have a little White Sox recap. There you if go. they play any players uh, against the Royals on Thursday, we're going to see Nikki Lopez flash some lev. Uh, shout out friend of the podcast, Nikki Lopez. Uh, it's going to be a good time and uh, all is well in the life of Joe Moose. So I have no complaints other than the Bears. And for now, we put them on you. Yeah, so go go ahead, hit them straight. I'd like to see an average of – let's. Uh, yeah, probably haven't played in a while. Let's, let's, let's have an average of 87 when you come back. I, can, I, th- okay. I think we can live with that. I, okay. First four uh, rounds uh, of the year. We're, we're playing five rounds. We're 36 at Verado. On, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'll up that to 88 because 36 is yeah, – that, that second score is going to suffer. Let's, let's come back with an average of 88. 88.5. Know that I'm going to be spraying those Alabama TP5Xs. Uh, I, re- I hope you leave a couple of those in the desert for the Rattlers. Huh? <laughs> uh, one via our uh, season-long betting extravaganza here on the Moose and Rings podcast. But for now, we say thank you for listening. Uh we are here with you. We are here for you, Bears fans, and it'll be another season of what it is. But for now, for Matt, I'm Joe. We'll talk to you guys soon. More Moose and Ruins next. He looks up. You can put it on the board. Yes. All right. Let's welcome back to the pod. Since I'm flying solo, needed to get a couple guests. I, uh, I dug pretty deep into the Rolodex here, but he's a recurring guest nonetheless. How Ryan McGuff. <laughs> couple. You weren't the first call. You weren't the last. No, you were. Well, you were the last because you said yes. So I guess. I I dug as deep as I had to, Ryan. Welcome back, Ryan. Friend of the podcast, been on the podcast a couple times. Uh, Good buddy, NBC Sports Chicago, White Sox content team head, and let's let's, let's call him the lead gambling guy, but we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, Ryan McGuffey. Ryan, how are you doing this morning? Thanks for joining me. I'm always happy to be with you, man. This is is bonus for me. I'm just glad I could be your bailout, though. You know, someone has to, and I would be there for you if you needed me and such – uh, in, in such a way, but it's, it's even better from, we don't have Joe this time. We don't have that. We don't have Joe kind of Mr. Whatever he's doing out in Arizona. Pretty, we're going to get pretty. into Joe. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into Joe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, before we get into any, any of this, Joe and I just, uh, we, we recorded a quick little 10 minute hit before this, but, uh, we, we got to talk, um, talk of the town. Russell Wilson is not a Chicago bear. Um, it's Andy Dalton. Um, how are you feeling about that? All right, here's where I feel. Okay, so, like, the, the, just the visceral, like, everyone's freaking out. And I get it. Like, I am. I'm freaking out. 
hear? Did you really? Did anyone truly think we were getting? Yes, I truly thought we were getting Russell Wilson. No, why? Because people led you that way. Like what happened? Because usually in the NFL or in any sport, when there's that much smoke, there is some fire to it. That's why if diff- it was one guy who was pounding that drum, but everyone was pounding that drum. Saying, well, here's here's. Here's the problem I have that I don't think many people are talking about because I think everyone just assumed pivot from Deshaun Watson and just go to Russell Wilson. Here's the difference between the two. Russell Wilson did not say, I have to be traded. He said, if I were to be traded, these are the four teams. He did not demand a trade. Deshaun Watson still has zero interest in ever playing for the Texans. Like that's where Mm -hmm. I have called about Russell Wilson made the made the uh, offer and then and then people are freaking out like I, I said something about you know hey like it, I'm not on like well they at least they went for it but I will say this their package was ridiculous and I am not in the camp of giving up three years worth of picks to get a quarterback because what have you done then except strip your complete covered bear and I know we've gone an entire hundred years basically mm-hmm. <laughs> But the Bears not having a quarterback. I get it. I want a quarterback just as bad as you and just as bad as every Bears fan. But go to the team. Here's here's the part about Dalton I don't get. Like, it felt desperate to me. Like, okay. Yep. Well, we just have to go sign somebody now, and it's got to be Andy Dalton. Why don't you – why don't you wait until you absolutely 1,000% know about Deshaun Watson? That's where I'm at as well. And honestly, even with Russell Wilson, now the odds that the Seahawks were actually going to trade him this year, probably not good because they'd have to take on that massive dead cap hit. But there's also next year, which I guess next year I believe is when they're out of it or out of most of it. So if it, yeah. things don't go well this year, maybe there's an option for that next year. But then again, these guys probably shouldn't be running the show next year if that if that yeah. happens. But There's like three my, layers. Of this my, yeah, like my problem is – I, I was in the camp. I wanted Russell Wilson over Deshaun Watson, but that, that's picking hairs. Once this door closed, why did you immediately need to throw $10 million in Andy Dalton? And it's because they were panicking that they were going to be left at the, and who the panicking they were going to be left at the, you know, the altar with nobody, but who cares if you're left at the altar without Andy Dalton, Nick, Fo- I, Nick Foles is going to give you just as much, probably, maybe not quite as much, but who cares because you're not winning anything of, of significance? Why not? The, the Seahawks didn't come out and blatantly say, we're not trading Russell Wilson ever. Yeah, but, right now, and again, still probably not, but why not kick the can down the road to the draft? Why not explore Deshaun Watson further? And if you swing yes. and miss on that, this yeah. city is going to have – you swing and miss on that, and you know it becomes April, and you draft somebody, and you, you – I don't know, trade for Marcus Mariota, whatever. This city is going to be a whole lot. They won't be happy. They'll be a whole lot more accepting of like, we actually gave this a real shot. We did all we could to bring in one of those guys and it just wasn't going to happen. But no, they panicked. They got happy feet and said, well, we can't get left to the table. And now they are committing 13, 10 to 13 million to a guy that stinks in a situation where they are very up against the cap. A lot more money. to If you count Nick Foles, I mean, that's the problem I have is that you, at least you like, I'm not saying Nick, Fo- I'm with you on Nick Foles. Like we know when he is, but at least you had a guy under contract. So yeah. it, allowed you, it, it allowed you to kind of sit on your hands a little bit and continue to freelance and figure out a plan that wasn't Andy Dalton. Yeah. You didn't need to go get him on the second day of free agency. No, you didn't. You didn't need to like pivot. Like, okay, we have no, because quite frankly, like I, I'm in, I'm in for the, and I know like they're coaching for their jobs and stuff. That's 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 the organization's fault. Like that's the organization still. Ryan Pace has been, he's been. This is all on Pace. This is not a Nagy thing. No, this, but it's. I also don't like Nagy now, just out of principle. But it, yeah, this but is more on Ryan. This, this situation is on Ryan Pace. Yeah, this situation's on Ryan Pace, and he's had almost like eight, he's had almost a decade to fix. Amy, one general manager who has had four cracks at the quarterback position. Four. Yeah, he's he's still trying to fix the problem that he had. Like he's going all the way back to Mike Glennon here. I mean, he really is trying to fix the big wart that he hasn't been able to get rid of, and it's just one layer on top of another layer on top of another layer, and it's ridiculous that he's had this opportunity and this chance to to actually be able to try to get this right, even though he's been wrong every single time. And like, 
there's the two camps, like the people saying you, you can't take no for an answer. Um, you can if Seattle is saying no. Yeah. They don't want to trade him, and they're going to go for it for one more year. It's a 70-year-old Pete Carroll, and he knows he can't win without a guy like Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like, you can absolutely take no for an answer, unless you're going to seriously mortgage your entire organization, which to me, people will be bitching about that then two years from now when they have no draft picks until the fourth round for three straight years. And they're going to be like, we'll see what happened. Ryan Pace got us in this mess and we can't protect Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Like that's the stuff that annoys me. And, and, and like the Watson thing, I don't think we've even like the tipping point hasn't happened yet because there's so much, there was so much time between when he wanted out mm-hmm. and then until when he truly could force their hand, which is going to be, you know, they're going to have to look They're going to, a month from now when you have the draft, you know, I'll be really curious about the Texans. And then when you get into minicamp and he starts, you know, not showing up and then, then does he get to training camp? I mean, if he ends up getting dealt, it, I don't think it'll be the package that they just offered Russell Wilson. And that'll be extremely disappointing that the Bears, look at this point, honestly, the Bears should still try to trade for Deshaun Watson. Why not? Because like at this point, like I, I agree with you, you like, Houston would take Andy Dalton in a – like, that wouldn't be that big of a deal for them to take him back on. Okay, okay, that solves one problem. That's the guy who's going to physically be under center. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's baffling. And, you know, it's funny, and I know a lot of people – I sent a tweet out, and I knew it was going to get ratioed, but, you know, I actually do – money aside, okay, the 10 to $13 million, mm-hmm. I get it. And, and, like, people are still responding to me with, oh, it's got 10 million reasons. Yeah, I know. You read the tweet. Um, money aside, I actually somewhat do feel bad for Andy Dalton because he has zero control. Like he just comes in here. No one likes him. No one wants to like him. He may go three and one, and people are still going to be calling for people's heads. And I do think he's an upgrade over Nick Foles. I think that's – I definitely think that that's true. But, like – He know, is, but, like, it's how it's big like, of an upgrade. No, it's, it's, it's literally like saying, you know – you got an 85 on the test and this is like an 89%. And is it, is it 89% that gets you to 89? Nothing for my grade, but it's more percentage yeah. points. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I do. Part of me feels bad for the guy, but I don't think there's been a bears quarterback that's ever been universally liked and they, they all get booed <laughs> to some extent here. It's just, it's, it's a tough situation, but I'm going to, I'm going to swing this to a positive situation. One that's, uh, let's, let's talk about the best team in our city. Uh, the, the one that you're kind of an expert on. I, I want to talk white Sox. We're wrapping up spring training here. It was a, a rough road a little bit early. Not that spring training results matter, but they're, uh, it, they're picking it up a little bit, at least on the field. What have you liked? Who have you liked, um, so far in spring training? Give me a, give me a big name that you've liked what you've seen. And then give me a guy that's maybe kind of jumped out and surprised you a little bit. Uh, I've loved the pitching and I, I, I and I guess that's not, that shouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But I just love the way the staff and the bullpen lines up. Um, I, I like the results that we've seen. No one's really had a, a true hiccup, so to speak. No one's really – there's not been a glare, a guy that you're like, oh, God, he's got an 838 ERA. Should that be something we're concerned about? No, like guys are going out there getting their work in. They're getting, they're getting stretched out with every start. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bullpen is kind of falling in line. You know, uh, as we taped this, you know, yesterday the the bullpen trotted out Marshall Bummer and Hendricks. So you got a little taste what of, you're looking for. of what that back end looks like. And, and of course, they were dominant. I, I mean, I like – I guess I'm a little – I shouldn't be surprised because the, the team has so much personality and I love it. Like, I love teams that's like embrace expectations and, and then say it too. Like, mm-hmm. we're good – we know we're good. Gio said that yesterday, I believe, right? I know. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I love guys that come out and say, we're supposed to win. Like, Tim Anderson's doing it, saying we're the best effing team in the AL. I'm like, people, and then I always see people, you know, not that Twitter's the barometer really for anything in life. It's a barometer <laughs> for everything these days, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, so many people, then they're like, well, these guys shouldn't be saying that. They haven't won anything. Like, so what do you want? Like, do you want. Should he not say anything and prove it on the field? Then, then should he say, like, whatever. I love the attitude of this team. And, you know, the, the, the offense is – there's not a guy that's going like – there's not, no one hitting 500 with seven home runs that's making you go, man, we should talk about this guy. I just feel like everyone's kind of doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, I even asked Tony LaRusso yesterday, like, guys are starting to say, like, I'm ready, we're ready. 
it kind of feels like those dog days of spring. How do you balance being ver- verbally ready and then using the next two weeks to be ready? Uh, in terms of surprise, uh, Tony La Russa, I, I will be honest with you. Uh, I, you know, you know how I felt about. You were not thrilled. I was not thrilled. Not thrilled. But I've been on most of the Zooms with him, um, and I've heard enough of the guys talk about him. You know, like, it's clear that the, that the direction is pointing to the way that you want the team to be going. The, the way they're talking about going is the way that the, the, the manager and, and mm-hmm. coaching staff is lining them up to go. Not that Ricky Renteria wasn't doing that. I just think that I think this is a Hall of Fame guy who's been there, done that. And, you know, we've, been, there's, we've talked a lot about can he resonate with younger people. And we won't really truly know, honestly, until games start, how that's going to all – like when they win four in a row and then when they lose five in a row, like how is that – is there going to be an issue? I just don't think it is. Like he's come in there and, and set up a plan and, and he's had fun – um, in camp with these guys, they all to a man have talked about w- something that he's done for them. So I, I'm, it's weird to be surprised by a guy who's a Hall of Famer. But I will say, you know, with a couple weeks to go, I think we're two weeks as we tape this, two weeks from today mm-hmm. is opening day. Um, Can't believe it. I'm pleasantly surprised. And, you know, and the other thing, he'll talk to you. Like Tony LaRusso will listen to your question and he'll give you an answer. Like he'll think about it and spit out a thoughtful answer. And, and, you know, we haven't had that in a while around here. And, um, you know, that's kind of refreshing too, for what we do. seems like Chicago's got two of those now because not to, I'm not swinging topics here, but Billy Donovan's very much the same way. If you watch any of his press conferences, he actually, we sometimes complain about how long he's talking because they want to take the whole thing. And <laughs> take, it's yeah. running a little bit long, but no, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Tony La Russa because you, I mean, you talked about, guys not being afraid to say we're good and have a little swag. And I think that was a little bit, not a little bit, that was a lot of bit. The worry heading into this was, was Tony going to let guys be themselves? Was there going to be a clash of old school versus new? And granted, it's not exactly that, but he's got no problem with Tim Anderson coming out and saying, you know, we're the best effing team in the American league. And Lucas Giolito saying, we expect to be really good. Like they're allowing, they're saying what they truly believe in the media. They're showing some swag. Like they believe in themselves and, their manager who has seen it all, like you said, he's not going to be, he's going to be even keel whether they're winning four in a row or losing five. He's allowing them to do that as long as they get their stuff done. Yeah. And you know, like I, I thought about what we, as you were talking there, it kind of hit me that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> well, Joe normally doesn't. So this is, the no, first that's, time. that's fair. Yeah. This usually, is the first when, time your usually when I'm talking or he's talking with one of yeah. us is the other one. This is the first time on your podcast that you made a point and someone actually is going to add to your point because they listened to it. And they're going to yeah, yeah. I'm so. not going to sh- I didn't say it. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, that's a shot. And uh, I have another one coming. So, um, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to tag him in the tweet. So he actually listens to his own podcast. Then. That's a good point. Yeah. Anytime, like, just make sure you, you give him the time code of when we actually bring his name up. So he doesn't, yeah. you know, so it actually resonates with him. Um, <laughs> no. Skip to 22 minute mark. I so. think when you have a young team that is still like they've, They've been learning how to win, right? Mm-hmm. Would, would you rather them – baseball is such a mental game. Why doubt – why say anything that you could doubt? So, like, why, why have a guy go, well, yeah, there's some other teams in our division that are really good, and we're, we're hoping to be that too. Like, when you say that, you're in your own heads thinking, well, maybe, like, we're not as – We good. hope. Yeah, we can, maybe. Hope we're, we're hope we're as good as the Yankees. We don't know. Like, that feels Ricky to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? too afraid to say what you, what you believe. And, you know, conviction is a powerful thing. And I'm hope we'll see. Baseball's a weird game. We know that there's going to be a team that surprises the whole season and makes the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a team that disappoints. I just think this team's built, you know, top to bottom. Uh, they have a, a couple of holes, but they're in spots. I think the White Sox can survive in. And I think they'll be ready to add come July if they need to. So, it's going to be an exciting year. I, I can't wait. The idea of just baseball period is it warms the soul because it's just been a it was long, beautiful. Great. Home somewhere. Yeah. Can we, can we, can we, can we speed this up? So like yeah. day, please. <laughs> All right. I got two more quick questions and we're going to pivot to March madness. You, t- you talked about some holes there. And I think the, 
these will both kind of address that. Let's talk back end of the rotation there. That five spot, well, it might not necessarily be a hole. It's, it's a question mark. And they've kind of said you'll see a few different guys fill that spot early on, mainly Lopez, Rodon, and, and kind of Kopech once he gets stretched out. Uh, who of those three do you think gets kind of the first nod to go? And then who's impressed you, not impressed you so far from spring training? I know Lopez numbers haven't been flashy, but he's pretty much completely revamped his delivery. So I think that's to be expected. But. Yeah. And, and Rodon's using a lot more of his lower half and it's a, uh, it's a big trunk. And the fact that he hasn't, that, that he hadn't been using those legs, you know, other guys too, like Cease is doing the same thing. I love Ethan. Ethan Katz, he could be one of the X factors on this team for guys like the, the, the names that we're bringing up. Mm. I think Rodon probably has a nod. I, I'm, I, I'm kind of, I'm not a Rodon guy, and I'm okay saying that. And here's why: he's not been dependable. Like mm. there's, you cannot rely on him. So obviously, this is a. I didn't think they'd bring him back. I mean, they didn't tender him, but they brought him back on a one-year, three million dollar deal. And thus far, it's been working really well. He's. He's a little bit more buttoned up with what he's saying because I feel like he knows kind of his role in this team is no longer. Yeah. He's not the ace anymore. He's not top end of the rotation guy. And quite frankly, he's not even that he might be back end. You know, mm-hmm. if it doesn't go well for four or five starts, he'll be replaced. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of guys in the system that'll be ready for to step that up. Ronaldo Lopez being one of them, his all of his mechanics are shorter. I just think Ronaldo Lopez could be one of those guys that you add to an already dominant bullpen. Good problem to have. He has options left. So I think if you're just kind of reading between the tea leaves here, it feels like it's Rodon. I know that Tony LaRusso will not make a declaration on this until he has to. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, he doesn't really have to until opening day, if even that, because of the way the schedule is with some off days early on. You're not going to need that fifth guy for at least the second week. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but I do think it'll be Carlos Rodon out of the gate. But I, like, like you mentioned earlier, I think you're going to see – let's hope it's not a revolving door, but you can't – very few times, are, is, especially in baseball, are you going to see five guys take the mound every five days? They have depth there. Jimmy Lambert's a guy that they really like. I really like him. I think he's underrated. Jonathan Stevers, a guy who got a cup of coffee last year. You have Ronaldo Lopez, as you mentioned, and then Kopech will be in the bullpen, and I don't think they'll stretch him out. They'll stretch him out on as need be as mm-hmm. this gets into July and August. So – it's a nice luxury to have. There's just not one, like, it's kind of yeah. like just the cookie who wants to grab it. And yeah. we'll, it'll be interesting to see if Carlos Rodon can finally be that guy. It's nice. What we thought was a depth signing last year in Gio Gonzalez. Like now we're actually seeing depth at the back end of rotation. They have four legitimate starters and then they have three guys that could, you know, two right now, three that could ultimately by the end of the season, grab that fifth starter spot easily. The best part about it. I liked Matt is that, uh, they're home, they're home guys, you know, they're not guys, yeah. they didn't, right. They didn't add uh, like five one year deals of Gio Gonzalez types. Mm-hmm. They're, they have five guys, most of which are from their own system that they either drafted or acquired you yeah. know, a couple of years ago and that they've been able to develop in their program, in their system. And Ethan Katz has been able to kind of get his, you know, his take for the last six months or so. So I like that. It's, it's, it's a problem that the Cubs have had and it's a problem that the, it's a reason that the Cubs rebuild kind of just abruptly has, they had, no pitching there. They've had no pitching and nothing that they've been able to draft and develop. And I think that's a big reason why the White Sox are and going to be good going forward, not to mention all the guys they locked up to long-term team-friendly deals. All right, speaking of what – what a segue there because that's where I was getting, the long, long-term team-friendly deals. I think it came out earlier this week. Um, Sox talking to Andrew Vaughn, which would be one of those long-term team-friendlies, and Lucas Giolito, which – he doesn't need to be team friendly if he doesn't want to, cause he's an ace, but where do you think they are on those types of deals? Because the Sox obviously have those history with getting those done. Do you think that's something that's, that's coming kind of soon? Something that's going to be a storyline throughout the year. Uh, what, what's going to happen with those two and their extensions? You know, the Sox have done a really good job of not let, allowing things like this to be distractions. And they're pretty good at uh, extending guys in spring training or having the conversations. And then when the season starts kind of shutting that door, because as you said, they really need to have these guys extended. Andrew mm-hmm. Vaughn doesn't need to sign an extension. They have team control for six years. You know, Lucas Giolito is one guy you'd like to see get locked up, but his price tag has gone way up. I mean, even the even I bet you, I think it's doubled even in the last calendar year. Probably he has taken that step, as you said. He's amongst the greatest, the great pitchers in the American League. I mean, if you look at if you're trying to lay buy a ticket right now on, on AL Cy Young for 2021. There it is, baseball and gambling talk with Ryan McDuffie. There it McGuffey. is. 
Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber are your two guys, and then it's and then it's, and then it's Lucas Giolito, and I, it's it's not a big drop off. You're talking like plus four seventy five, plus five hundred. Mm-hmm. Like you're not talking about some kind of ridiculous odds here. I think Lucas Giolito right now, if you're signing a long term deal, it's going to cost you maybe like six for one twenty five. Don't, don't you do that right now, though? Yes. Like, just yes. go ahead. All right, here you go. Like, the Zach Wheeler contract that he turned down last year, which was which was for more money than the Phillies gave him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I may go to him with that, that kind of deal. And it would be the first $100 million contract in White Sox history. It's not a thing they'd love to do with pitchers. But I do think it's symbolic that, that, that Lucas Giolito has taken this step, has become the ace, is the opening day starter, and would kind of – He's kind of like a perfect icing on the cake. If you can Mm -hmm. lock a guy like that up for that kind of deal and let him be the first hundred million dollar guy, he kind of felt like he had earned it with you. You know what I mean? He's earned it. And he's earned it as a white sock. And I think that matters to a team that doesn't necessarily go out and spend, you know, nine figures on players. So I think, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Does does Giolito bet on himself? He could. But, you know, that's a risky gamble, too, as a pitcher, a guy who's already had Tommy John. Mm-hmm. $150 million is $150 million. So, uh, it'll be uh, – I do think it's likely to see something with Lucas Giolito. He may take the chance and bet on himself for 2021, and then those conversations, you know, happen again. So, we'll see. It, it'll be – I don't think – I don't think there's a, like a contract coming in the next two weeks to answer your question. Okay. Right? That's kind of more, that, that was more or less what I was getting at is, are we going to have some news here by opening day? Ryan McGuffey probably says no. Um, all right. I think that's, that's covered most of our socks topics, unless there's any, you know, long-term socks prop futures that you, you tips you got for the people you want to throw out there. Um, uh, okay. okay. Your eyes lit up right away. I got, I'm, I'm going to go with one. Because it's there's one player that everyone is talking about in camp. That's a play, like not media. Yeah, I'm players in organization. Everyone is talking about Dylan Cease. Oh, everyone. to the point where I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Plus four thousand, I believe. When the he is plus 40 four, to he's forty to one. Which Two. honestly, to me, that he's even on the board tells me this. Like, I wouldn't I have thought he was on the board. Agreed. And I think that that tells you how the books are thinking about the White Sox. There's four pitchers on the board for the White Sox. Yeah. But I'll say this. 40 to 1, man. You know, throw 10 bucks on it. Take hey, it. Wait, yeah, what's 10 bucks? Throw a couple cups of coffee on it. I've, I've spent 10. I've done a lot of a lot worse with 10 bucks. <laughs> I've spent $10 on a lot worse things. A lot of stupid things I've done with $10. So. All right, there you go. Dylan C. Cy Young Award, 40 to 1. Take the prop. Uh, that's going to conclude our White Sox talk. And on the other side, we're going to have some uh, some March Madness picks and previews as we are just a day out here uh, of the big dance getting underway. Water. All right, Ryan McGuffey has been welcomed down to the podcast. Now we're going to welcome on a, a, a former colleague, a producer of the podcast, called to the booth with Akib Tlaib. Who's the other co-host there, Paul? Or just Harrison Akib? Sanford, Harrison my guy Sander. from MB, well, CSN Houston. Okay. And then we have also, I'll, I'll throw in Betsburt's featured contributor, Check out his content. He has some some great NCAA tournament uh, picks, previews, all that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll even get into it. We'll, we'll ask you about some of those. But uh, Paul Aspen. Also, Paul. Kelvin Sampson, like, you know, the guy. Big I, fan. Big Kelvin guy. I think Wonderful. he lives in, like, the fifth room at Kelvin Sampson's house. So, where, where did Let's start there. Where does that love stem from, Paul? Where, where did that so, – when did you win a couple bets in a row on him and now you're just all in? Because that's how I fall. Well, no, it actually dates back to – I mean, that's, that's a good way to tell it. It's like – be a fan of somebody. Uh, it goes back to Houston. He was just great to deal with all the time um, from media perspective. And like, I think you guys know at this point, like you have a little bit more, I don't want to say more respect, but you appreciate that when it happens when someone gets it and like, you know, yeah. Um, and there's that mutual respect there. So he was just great from that perspective. And like, I had one of my favorite quotes of all time talking like it's not cutting time. I just never heard that before. That's, as far as like a crunch time. Sort of thing. It's like, Oh yeah. There. Team Samson. So I wonder if he learned that. Did he learn that at Indiana? Or? <laughs> I see. I was waiting for the. I love the salty IU fans. Like, dude, there's text messages. Jeff, are you an IU fan? I, you know, I, I grew up one, um, but I'm not. I would not say that. Uh, you know, I was happy to see Archie Miller go, so we don't have to hear him bitching about that, how they should be in at 12 and 14 or something every year. Every year. I was gonna. I was gonna say when. Uh, 
when Brad Stevens turns you guys down, turns out you down, you'll be calling Samson anyway to come back. So, oh, look at this point. Yeah, they they'd be happy. Yeah, look, they plucked when they're plucking from a mid major, i.e., last you know the last coach they hired. They need right. to look in the mirror. I've told a lot of my IU people who went to IU that still think they're an elite program. Your last banner was from 1987. A couple generations have come and gone. They don't know what that happened. You know, right. that was like 40 years ago. Yeah, like Steve, does, Steve Alford doesn't resonate to a 19-year-old walking around campus. I'm just going to throw that out there. All right, so we're, we're on college hoops. I want to get your guys' perspectives. I, was in a, I mentioned to both of you, I was in a Calcutta auction last night, which for those of you who don't know that, um, essentially every team in the NCAA tournament is auctioned off for a price. The total pool is then of all the money spent is, is collected, and then for every game your team wins, you earn a, a significant or a certain percentage of that pool. Um, so if, if my team wins advances to the round of 32, I get 1%, sweet 16, 2% keeps doubling from there on out. I'm going to take you through my list, tell you how much I spent. Okay. The, the, the period, I, I got a short one. I did not, uh, I didn't go too heavy last night after two years ago, I spent like a hundred bucks on Duke and that, that blew up in the elite eight. So I just, I decided to, to not do that this year, but, um, well, you couldn't, you actually couldn't do that this year with Duke. So <laughs> yeah, you know. there you go. Did, did not have the option to spend on Duke, which I'm totally fine with. But first, first dollars I spent last night, 12 seed UC Santa Barbara. I for what, what five seed they have Villanova, I believe, or Creighton. No, they have Creighton, Creighton. Creighton who is slumping down the stretch. Obviously they have some issues with that coach. Um, and, and some of the things he said and, and whether that's behind them or not, who knows, but that's an off the court distraction pool was just about $1,300. So that, that's where we're at. I spent $6 on a, on a 12 seed UC Santa Barbara. I, I just feel like they're, I don't, I mean, I don't hate it. Um, but I just, Good. I feel like that's them, what I'm hoping to hear you say them and Winthrop are like the teams that everyone yeah. in Ohio and I'm just wondering, I think with UVA, I haven't looked at it that this closely yet. Um, I, I, go, I, just, I might just go the other way. Like, I, I mean. Yeah, fade the public. Yeah. I, I wanted to grab a 12 seed because you're almost guaranteed, I feel like, to have a 12-5. And while yeah. UVA is not – UVA is the – no, UVA is a four seed. Right. They, um, that's Ohio, right? UVA, yes. Ohio. I felt of all those 12s, you know, I'm going to take the one that's got – I know – the. Creighton's technically not a mid-major anymore, but I always kind of see him as a mid-major, not playing their best basketball, just got rolled in the conference tournament. Why not? T- one of those darlings usually wins. One of those 12-seed darlings. Sure. Why not? No, I mean, look, it, it's, it's the reasoning behind it is sure. it's legit. That's it's, all I ever wanted to hear from you guys because you guys do your research. I don't. The fact that you're telling me that my, my research and the reason. I don't love, say, I don't love the, the pick, but for six bucks, it's a lottery ticket anyway. Right. Like, whatever you know like yeah all right moving on 10 seed maryland got him at eight dollars i am a big big believer in the big 10 this year just because i think every other conference kind of hasn't been very good and i know paul's laughing i'm not actually a big 10 fan there's not really one big 10 team i really like but i think the big 10 was the best conference this year i spent it's the best conference but i i I love you (laughs) me too fair enough i just see but that's the the logic that i kind of took from you guys on the uc santa barbara thing is everyone saying uconn can make a run they just got blown out by not a very good georgetown or no no was that the they lost the semifinals to georgetown in a close one creighton got blown out whatever they just lost their conference tournament they lost actually uconn lost to creighton and that went down to the wire yeah Yeah. whatever they lost in their conference they, tournament. I just, yeah. I'm a big believer come tournament time and that the, the conference you played in throughout the regular season, especially in a year like this, is going to kind of grit your teeth a little bit. And the, the Big Ten was one that you really had to fight your way through. I, I, you go I'll first. I'll shake his head. You go first, Scott. I just saw him play Michigan. I, Grant, I, I, got blown here, the end. I saw him play Michigan really tough. The Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball, was the best conference in college basketball. But that doesn't mean like 10 seeds, like, yeah, they benefited from playing up. Well, I didn't spend money on Rutgers, so. They benefited from playing up. But, you know, a 16 – who do you like more, 16 and 13 Maryland or the playing game – who do you trust more, I should say, or, or Michigan State is a playing? Oh, Izzo. But I yeah. – that, that for, went for more money. Yeah, but, like, again – I lost that bidding. I actually, I mean, I actually have UConn knocking off Alabama. Okay. I can see that. I, because I, – I don't know. I don't love Alabama – um, they're I, either they're so hot. Me, and cold. The, the whole East bracket to me is is a complete. That's my that's my blow up bracket. Okay. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't get behind, I get behind the Big Ten. I definitely will get you behind your Big Ten love, but I'm, I'm not going to, anyway, I know we're a Big Ten country. Which Paul is good really doesn't like the pick. I, he's just, he's, he's, I don't he's love Maryland. He's shaking his head. I don't love now, when they win, when they're when you're 36, bidding on those high seeds. Rooney, you're, you're actually, what you're doing is setting up my ticket for tomorrow. <laughs> well, you're happy to help you out. <laughs> Going the other way. I, uh, I got bad news for you guys on this whole Big Ten thing. And oh, I'm boy. coming this from a, Coming, this for, coming from an East Coaster. From a Big East, Big East Coaster, um, because I had the same theories all the time. Big East is the best conference, strongest conference, deepest conference. They get eight teams, nine teams, ten teams, 11 teams in. Once. It's happened ten times between the Big East, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big Ten last year. Ten times the conference has sent eight or more teams to dance. Once, half of them have made it to the Sweet 16. The first year in 2006, four of eight Big East teams made to the Sweet 16. Since, it's always, it's, you know, four of nine might make it, three of eight might make it, two of 11 made it that year. So, because uh, I've been here, guys, I've been the in the CSN Philly newsroom with my guy, Sean Kane, who's a Villanova enthusiast, being like, oh, Big East, toughest conference, deepest conference. And then we're sitting there on Sunday with nobody left. It's like, oh, they beat each other up all season. They're like, that's why nobody's left. So I am, I am, I think if there's a year it might work out, it could be this year because they've got, they got four teams on the top two lines. First time that's ever happened for one conference. And you got Purdue. Now we'll get to them later. Right. I, I'm going to be looking to fade the Big Ten. Fade the Big Ten. Now these first are like, I'm definitely going UConn. Uh, was it Clemson that's got Rutgers? Probably going Clemson. Clemson has Rutgers, yeah. Um, Michigan State, we'll see what happens there. I do like the the top seeds. I think Michigan could lose in the second round, though. You know, with that. Michigan's a different team. With I mean, Livers is out, and like he's, right. a, he's a big part of that. Well, they're not deep. They're really strong. They're five or strong, but liver, Livers, Livers being out, see, yeah. that hurts him. That 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 pulls him out. That pulls him out. Of he he's he I mean, he's done right. I mean, a stress yeah. fracture in the foot. They call it if, he, re- soon, if right? he would return. If they said quote miraculous would be the word. So. Okay. Yeah. So. Right. So I'm if the Big Ten does all right in the first round, I'm fading the hell out of them in the second round. That's I have that way. But I get eight dollars. I kind of just need him to win one round. Eight dollars. I just need point, I have to four, get him. I have four Big Ten teams in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay. I know it until I didn't even know it until I just sat here and looked at it. You guys like, should get a wager going on that. Well, here's my idea, Matt. If okay. or whoever wants to jump in on a Big Ten wager, we go one unit per team that makes it to the Sweet Sixteen. If you know That's five make it, four don't, loser owes one unit. If seven don't and two do, That's not a bad call. I could I'm, be interested in that. Of course you yeah. I don't I even like the, I don't even really like the Big Ten. <laughs> Why do you think I'm, I came in prepared for this? That's fair. I, I don't think I've ever said no to a bet from uh, To Paul's point idea. real quick, I and, and this is a Midwest thing, but I always looked at the Big East love and, and like as, as Red Sox Yankees to me. Like, yeah. okay, like this this is a conference that we're, you know, lucky to be watching on ESPN. And I so I, I had some of that what you're saying, Paul. I would fade the Big East when I would do my brackets anytime that they would dominate the brackets going, okay, like th- this, this feels like a, a bloated five seed to me in a spot where they, sh- you know, that it's a bad spot, but Pitt would lose every year or lost as a one seed. You, yeah. uh, not UConn, uh, Notre Dame. Like, hey, uh, hey, yeah. hey, they never got high seats. Uh, that two, they were twos and threes. Yeah. Notre so Dame, Notre, find yeah. me the last time Notre Dame was a two seed. I just wrote it down. It was like 2010. No, that year with Jerry and Grant and all them, they were like a four, because I think they had Kentucky. And you want you want to start our side right now? Was it Herringody a two at some point? Yeah, it was a Herringody. Oh, I was the, thinking of a different team. Uh, the one with the one that lost to Kentucky uh, in the. We're here for you. On the almost buzzer beater, but okay, we'll 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 find find Paul. You can have that. So far, so far, your Calcutta pool doesn't right. seem good to me, Paul. I, you know that's fine. Those are the cheap picks. I, I'm moving on here. I, I won't lie. This one was a little bit more of an emotional pick uh, a fandom pick because I'm a big North Carolina fan um, I just think they've been playing their best basketball of the year so far I know Wisconsin might be a little bit of a tough matchup but they got the advantage down low uh, I spent nine dollars on a North Carolina eight seed um, might be a tough second round matchup but I really like them in that first round and I was it was not going to lose on, on buying my Tar Heels you uh, checked a couple boxes for me one fade the Big Ten 
two, Tar Heels playing their big, their best basketball. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a toss up. I'm on the Tar Heels minus one and a half. So I'm with you on, on that yeah. one. And they could give they Illinois. They could, they could give Illinois. No, Baylor. Baylor, they Baylor. Baylor. Oh, they could definitely give Baylor a game. There's Baylor's a lot of, it's a sexy uh, second round upset for, for some people. What's going on yeah. with Baylor? Because like they looked like such a team that COVID was. COVID layoff. COVID, plus, man. Cool, because they were a team that you know throughout the year looked like by far the best team to play, and then you get to the COVID, COVID took them down. Okay. COVID changed that team. 2011, two seed Notre Dame, by the way. 2011, I don't remember that. How they but do that year? They lost. Yeah, well, obviously State, right? they didn't win second at all. round Florida, second round Florida State. I have zero recollection of that game. Yeah. That was ten years. Tennessee, ago. Florida. Florida. That, that game was at the United. Ago. I believe the game was at the United Center too, if I'm not mistaken. Ten years ago, you know, I can't remember that far back. I can barely remember what I had for breakfast. Uh, Tar Heels, I'm in. All right, so we're going back to the Big Ten here. Then I, I went. I'm, I'm not going to lie here. This Purdue bidding war was part. Um, I just my, my brother went to Purdue and was bidding heavy on him, and I just kind of wanted to to keep upping the bid, and then I eventually won. Uh, bid $25 on the Boilermakers. I, another team that I think is playing pretty well. They've beaten some pretty good teams. It's your Paul's hands in his face. I like Purdue. I think they can make a run. They're a team that usually plays their best basketball come tournament time. Granted, that is such a lie. They don't just advance to the say, final four. Don't they usually pay Matt Painter in the tournament. Not they, don't make, they don't get to the Final Four. They've made some runs the last yeah, couple of years. They went I mean, to the last time we won our bet on Purdue. That's like the only time it's worked Last out. time we watched an NCAA tournament, they were <laughs> that's, almost that's beating true. Virginia. I mean, maybe almost? that's the one that's stuck in my head. I actually, that is one of my – people talk about bad beats. That's one of my best beats. I had UVA doubled down at the half and somehow made it to overtime. They covered the four and a half. Pretty I sure. Remember. I'm pretty yeah, sure. We were, I think we were together. That was. I think we were both hammering that. While being, yeah, I'm yeah. positive I was doing the exact same thing. Yeah, but Purdue, man, that is – if there was one team I was going to tell you not to bet that much on, I, I, I would have stepped stopped one auction or one bid short and let your brother take that one. But Well, here, here, sometimes you just don't know when those are going to stop. And you here, here's, to, here's the one thing that I, that I question or wonder, okay? This whole tournament being in the state of Indiana for a team like Purdue – and the comfort level, even though they're going to have to go into the bubble, I just think it's a different experience for a team that resides within a eighty mile, eighty mile radius of the farthest south. You know, the yeah. game the farthest south they'll play is uh, Bloomington. As a good thing. Yeah, I'm saying it's a big. I'm saying it's a good thing when you look at possible matchups with either Winthrop or Villanova. I mean, I love Jay. Like I. Yeah, but they're they're on fumes or losing. I know guys. they got mm-hmm. nobody. And so, first of all, North Texas, happy to be there. Purdue's, I, I love Purdue there. I do think Purdue in the Sweet 16. I actually have them there. I do too. I, I think Purdue. You yelled at for taking Purdue. You guys got them going to the second weekend. I do. I do have them go to the second weekend. I don't think that they're, a per, I don't think they're a great matchup for Baylor. I, I think they're a great matchup for Baylor. I don't think Baylor's a great matchup for Purdue. But I do. I, the only thing about, like, the Big Ten, I think it helps, like, the real, like, Illinois, phenomenal. I think yep. this one's in Indiana. That's great for, for Illinois. I think it's great for Purdue. I think it's good for Ohio State, Iowa maybe. But, like, that doesn't mean it's good for everyone. I mean, Maryland's still coming from Maryland. Rutgers is still coming from – like, but I do think the Purdue has the most familiarity of any so team. Purdue still has to stay in the bubble, though, right? They're not allowed to stay on I campus. believe that they have to stay in the bubble. I mean, there are games at Mackey Arena. I mean, I just, I'm, pro, I'm pretty positive – I know the first four are at Mackey Arena. Um, I don't. I'm pretty positive. I think that they're playing in Bloomington, but I'll have to look that up to be honest with you. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I I still like the pick. I'm gonna defend it. And honestly, the fact that Paul was so against my picks actually makes me feel a little bit happy. Actually, thinking right? of he like likes, he's told you he likes Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. He, he, I don't trust him. He likes, he likes Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen. He's got his hand. He's got his hand in his palm, or his face in his palm. Uh, all right, bucks, so, yeah. so this was this was the last team I won. Um, the, the one seeds I didn't love any of the one seeds enough to go incredibly high on. I got Texas as a three seed. Can, can, I, can I interrupt you real quick? I don't want to. I don't want to know. Purdue is playing at Lucas Oil Stadium, where they have regular season games during the year anyway. Normally, so Purdue plays regular season games at Lucas Oil. They have like an, a, a, a couple big games a, a year. No, yeah, oh yeah, 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 that yeah, Indiana yeah. tournament, like the crossroads yeah. or whatever. So, like again. You know, the familiarity of there, I just think it's um, – That's I a plus. It, I think it matters. I think there's an advantage for a team like Illinois that's like 
was playing the Big Ten tournament there and just didn't have to leave the bubble that's been practicing that's in there. Michigan probably too. Michigan, Ohio State, those types of teams could get an early – not that ones and twos exactly. needs and need an early round bump, but make them a little bit more upset proof in those first two rounds. Exactly. Not a good. Okay, well, I got Texas then at $35. I like Texas. I think they're deep. I think they're playing really good basketball, and I think they got a coach that – it's it's been a little bit a little been a little while, but he he's got that March magic to him, in Shaka Smart. I like Texas. That's my my the big the highest seed that I I or I guess lowest seed you would say uh, that I, that I won my bid on. That's my last one. I, I think like that's it. also a bracket that's kind of wide open. Right. All right. Region, I should say. Yeah. So I have Texas in the final four. Now don't ask right. me how or why or like because I'm in love with Texas. It just as I was I told you I blew up the East. Yeah. No, there's just I'm with like there's regions that are just you have like that one especially you go through it and I got no idea who's coming out of that I would have said Michigan because before Isaiah Livers got Livers got hurt I thought they were going to win the national championship now he's gone that region's wide open there's not one uh, team there that's like yeah that's a lock for the final four. that's, that's why I, I just like Texas draw I, I like their draw and I think by default I just kind of have them being like the guy who just he's like they're, they're like this mouse that keeps finding a way and you look and you're like how the hell do I have Texas in the final four now, it could, it could all change, obviously. But I, I just think the East is, is um, vulnerable. And I think Texas could, could uh, benefit from that. And I like, you know, I, I still like Shaka Smart. I know he's a tournament darling of years past. But I know – don't be afraid. Don't, don't, be, don't be surprised. I know his name's IU and Shaka Smart are, uh, oh. are names that are going together. So Every see. big name in IU goes together. I just – I know Indiana pays for basketball, but they don't got that Texas money, I don't think. I think John Beeline will be the coach at Indiana. Well, we can pivot back to your bracket. That would be a great – well, that's it. That's my last one. Paul, Paul, you were nodding when I said Texas. You didn't put your, you know, your face in your hand. So that's – Yeah, <laughs> that's, it's a good development. Uh, I've got Bama and Florida State. I mean, Bama is definitely a – if they're hot, hey, they could run through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They could go cold when they're done in the second round to so like a UConn, perhaps. Or uh, Maryland, Duff, you maybe. got that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and UConn, Texas in the Sweet 16. Yeah. So, no, I mean, as far as – I mean, although the guy Izzo could be facing them in the second round, just as a, you know, something – observation there. I, I have BYU. I, I don't like – I just put – I just don't like the Michigan – I love Izzo. I don't like – I've got BYU, too. Yeah. I've signed enough Michigan State this year to be like, right. okay, every yeah, time. They, they, they have some, like, they've beaten some good teams, but they've gotten them all at beneficial spots. Like, they beat yeah. Michigan kind of coming off. They've uh, gotten drilled, too. Yeah, they, like, they, they've, the, the, team, the big games they've won have been in spots that are incredibly favorable for them that, you know, you'd think they have a chance at winning. And then they've also gotten drilled by Michigan. I believe they Can't wait till they go to the Final Four. Right. Uh, you know what? Nothing would shock me, especially. You mentioned, you mentioned FSU, Paul. I do have FSU, Texas in the Elite Eight. So. Okay. Yeah. I like I think, them. I, I got into a bidding war for them, too. I think they're, they're a good team that has a pretty good chance. And with Michigan, you know, down, I think that, that opens it up for them a little bit. I love St. I love St. Bonnie. I, I got Bonnie. I got the Bonnies beat Michigan as well. They're, they're so do I. I that's crazy. So do I. Um, I love that team. I love I love watching that team in, in the A ten tournament. How much yep. St. Bonaventure basketball have you watched this year? Enough that I've been enough up in the last five month. times. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm I'm legitimately asking. That's not me being. I just great I, great ATS team, great defensive team. Yeah, that was the ATS team I think you wrote about, right, Paul? You, you yeah, had the Bonnies in one year. Your, your columns there. You know, speaking of ATS teams, we talked about UConn. I mean, UConn. Oh yeah, they're one of the best in the country. They are one of the best in the country. In terms of a power conference, they are the best in the country. Yeah. And then the bodies are just a couple notches down. So yep. 14 and 5 and 1. Yeah, 14, 5 and 1, as you mentioned, and you wrote about and Michigan right below them at 17 and 7. So you're going to have yeah. a matchup possibly of two of the best teams ATS. So that'll be interesting to see. Who is the one seed that you guys would have spent the most money on at Calcutta Pool this year? Illinois. Illinois? Yeah. I, I think I, if you could get the Zags for cheaper because of like, you know, if the Calcutta's in Chicago, Big Ten bias, mm-hmm. fade the Zags, sort of like no one believes they can actually do it sort of thing. The price is better on Gonzaga, and that's taking Zaga. But just like on, you know, face value, I think I'd go Illinois. They're just Definitely. playing so well. I have Illinois beating Gonzaga in the title game, and I'm sure it's a very sexy title game for a lot of people. But I, I, I had a hard time riding Illinois in that, in that spot just because I, I have, there's a whole Illinois thing with me. that, but that Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just I'm, I, there's, I also I got a whole Illinois thing. I'm not. A huge but 
if you just look at, you, you, I mean, Rooney, you've talked a lot about teams playing their best basketball of the year. I don't talk about teams that I don't like when they're playing their best basketball. Though. I mean, Illinois matter. is playing not just best basketball, but they're the best team. And they're the best team like one through eight. So I love, I, I, and I also love their draw. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I think that it's fun for for Brad Underwood to kind of have that uh, the possibility of having Loyola in the second round and Oklahoma State in the Sweet Sixteen. Like that's fun from the NCAA. Yep. I think Houston. I I hope Houston Illinois become an Elite Eight matchup because I I, I want to. I might bet. I might ride Paul's coattail like I have a few other times and taking one on the chin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Houston Houston's tough sometimes. Yeah. But uh I, I, I think the scoring in that game, like I'm already I'm already staring at the over of Illini Houston, hoping that it possibly could happen. Yeah. I just, if, go ahead, Paul. Uh, I mean they Houston plays really good D. Um sometimes they struggle to score. But I actually as high as I am on Houston, my other so I've got two futures. Well, I got I got four futures. Nova, Shocker. Nova, that's dead. I bought these all like throughout. Two the alive futures. Sounds three. Okay. Three. Well, two really because West Virginia and Houston, and that's an elimination game in the Sweet Sixteen. One of those will not win. Yeah. So I've actually got West Virginia winning. Um, I like that. That can go either way. I think they they're a team and kind of took us here, but we're they're a team that they've lost to Gonzaga by five. They lost to Baylor, I think, in overtime. They lost. To yeah. White hot you know, Oklahoma state team. They're a good team. They're a really good team. And I mean, I think they could roll through this. I've got them, you know, I've obviously got skin in the game, so I've got them going to the final four, but uh, Arkansas is my other one just cause, and that was just like, you know, seeing a stock rise and oh yeah, shit. I'm going to throw it in there. This is great content just for an audio podcast. Yeah. Just for the record, Ryan's holding his bracket up to right. the camera that you can all totally see. He has Arkansas in the final four. I got them at 50 to one. So I was like, ah, all right. Like, and they end up as a three seed to win it all. There you go. Yeah. When'd you get that? Uh, last week of February. It was still there. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, they're starting to play well. Like, they were like continuing to play well. And on the, they're on the up and up, like heading towards a three seed. I was like, shit, if I get a three seed at 50 to one. Yeah. And you know, we, we keep saying, like, I think they're in a pretty winnable region, but like, you look at all these regions, there's not one really murderer's row of, you know, ones and two seeds. Like, all these teams, there's not one that's, you know, obviously Duke didn't win it two years ago, but they kind of screamed out as, you know, the, the, the murderer's row. And then you had Michigan State as the two, which obviously won. There yeah. isn't that region no. this year. Like, I, if any one Iowa of these Ohio top State four seeds very... made a run, yeah. Well, Iowa is, I, I shouldn't say this because my girlfriend has attachments to Iowa, but Iowa's not really done much this year to lead me to believe that they, they're going to make a big run other than have one really great player. Ohio State doesn't really have a – I mean, I know I'm bashing the Big Ten, who I've said is battle-tested here. But Love it. I, uh, I do have Iowa in the Elite Eight, though, because I do think it matters to have one great player in the tournament. That's he, true. He's a, turn, he's a player that no one can guard. We've seen that. And if you look at the teams that they would potentially play, right. I think to me their second round matchup. I have Oregon going toe to toe with Iowa. Like I think that might be the toughest game for them until Gonzaga. Oregon seems to be a one of those sweetheart teams that people think are yeah. going to make a run. This and I year. I just don't know. Like I've tried to look them up a little bit. Like is that just on reputation because they've done it a couple times as a higher seed? Uh, they've played well in the but the Pac-12 is not that great either. Right? I mean, like you know, like. I was told conference difficulty didn't matter. Maybe they're fresher. When you're spending money, when you're spending money on ten seeds, it really doesn't matter. I spent eight dollars, Ryan. I spent eight dollars on a lot of worse places. Okay. We also, have already, yes. Um, just kidding. I, do have, I took Iowa to win it all. I do have Iowa in the Elite Eight as well. Um, but just so you guys know, Grand Canyon, fifteen and five ATS team. So don't so. So take also, Grand Canyon against the spread in the first round is what I like, dude. I, dude, I don't hate that. And you know, his co- coach is uh, Grand Canyon, the one and only tournament darling, Bryce Drew. Oh, yeah, right, right. They well, got like, they got a big guy as well. Um, this Dutch guy named like Ashbourne Mitgard or whatever. Like obviously, already you love know, that. Right, he could you know maybe mess with guards a little bit, but at least slow him down. But they play slow Ooh. as hell. They play really good defense. Like keep it close for keep it inside two touchdowns. 
I kind of like where you're going here. I'm looking Grand Canyon up as we speak. So I uh, let me like, let's take a look at that. And what do we got on the line here, Paul? It what? sounds like you and I though should be lining up our bets together here. Yeah, we very I much think... lined up, which is either really awesome. I or feel great about being on the, on the other side of most of these bets with you, Rooney. Guys. It's usually played well for me and Paul when you're on the other side. Yeah, so we're okay. so we're, that, I'll take that's, that. That's that's not a dig. That's right. that's, that's fact. <laughs> yeah, when when we're all aligned, it's trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, that's that's true. I think Except Paul, you, unless it's Purdue and Texas Tech. Paul, you and I had a run on Sundays in the office, I believe, back when you were at good old NBC Sports Chicago, where we pretty much lost every single bet that we were on the the same yeah. page for. So that yeah. was that We've was some fun. runs. Last team, I want to get your guys' indica- indications, impressions on whatever. Um, we talked about that Illinois region. You mentioned Oklahoma State, white hot. Mm-hmm. I know they haven't been great all year. But they're, again, team playing their best basketball. And if healthy, they probably have the best player in the tournament in Cade Cunningham, or at the very least, one of them. Oh, they, um, yeah. So where, where are you at on Oklahoma State? You think they can make a run? Are they, are they a good matchup for Illinois, a bad matchup for Illinois? I think I've got, Illinois, I've got them facing off. I've got Illinois. Um, it's it's just like they obviously have like what number one project projected pick in yeah. the NBA draft. And like, if yep. that guy carries them, they got good supporting cast too. I mean, um, yeah, they beat Baylor without, or they beat West Virginia without Kate Cunningham. Without them. Yeah. Um, Eileen, Illinois. Um, I just, there's, there's a love fest for Oklahoma state for sure. I just feel like it's kind of too trendy to take them like to continue to ride that Kate Cunningham wave. I think it'll run out at some point. Um, but I think they get to the, Sweet 16 and could be a great game, but I'm gonna I, I would side with the Illini on that one. Yeah, we talked about great players a second ago with Iowa, and and Cade Cunningham is one of those like could be just like one of those all tournament players. Mm-hmm. Yep, Illinois has more great players. That's just yeah. kind of how I look at it, and I think like you know when when three is greater than one, or you know I again I think depth. That's why Illinois is so good, and they're such a complete team that, that could go all the way. Um, it's, I just think I, I'm with, they're sexy. They score a lot. I like that. Uh, they turn the ball over a lot. They, turn the, they, they lose games. They, they, you know, they're 20 and eight and they lost some games. They shouldn't have, you know, they lost a TCU twice. Um, and I, I just feel like those things catch up to you and the turnovers definitely catch, catch up, to up to you in the tournament. 298th. On Kempom yeah. and turnover that's, percentage. Yeah, that's pretty. Like, I mean, like I have Oregon State as a five twelve upset in that uh, in that uh, game before them. I think Oregon State could could actually slow them down a little bit and give o- Oklahoma State trouble. Like, if they that could be one of those turnover games that people go like, "How is Oregon State here? And why are they in this game with four minutes to go?" And then you look at the turnover, and it's like seventeen to six. So I just I mean, if you're going to take that same theory, apply it to Liberty. They play one yeah. of the slowest paces in the country, and they shoot the hell out of the three. So, I mean, that, that, that line's moved from like nine and a half to seven and a half. It might be at seven now. I wish so, I, I mean, would not slept on that line there, Paul. Yeah, well, it, it moved text, quick. Paul. It moved quick. I saw it at nine, thought about it. Next time I looked, it was like seven, seven and a half. I was like, ah. I was going to ask if you guys had any double-digit seeds you think can make a nice little run here, but it seems like you both brought one up there, Paul, with, with Liberty and Guff with Oregon State. Yeah, but I have Oklahoma State winning that game. I do too. Okay. I don't have like that t- that team we're going to see a feature on, you know, on the second weekend. I actually the one team I have, they're not double digit though, but this would qualify as I have, you know, like, like Paul said, I have St. Bonaventure. So I, Bonnie's. They're, they're not a double digit seed, but I have them knocking off a one seed. So in some ways it is that it plays that role. I'm All looking right. for the nice like Cinderella story about, you know, Little known program called Georgetown as a 12 seed when they make it to the to Sweet 16. I have them winning their first game. I'll take yeah. Colorado. Yeah, I'm actually on Colorado. But <laughs> as far as like, it seems like Ohio's the darling that everyone wants to be that feature team in the second weekend. And Winthrop could be too. I mean, with Nova down, um, that's a possibility. But again, I don't see a clear one. I don't think Winthrop's like, good. I've watched, I've yeah. been on Winthrop a few times this year when they were really, really rolling against the spread. Then they got in a little rut. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a very popular tournament. There's something to be said about teams like Ohio, you mentioned Winthrop, teams that have been to the tournament before and had tournament success before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can be decades, you know, 15 years, 10 years, whatever. 
there's something to be said about those those schools and, and that know how to win at this time of year. Yep. All right, we're running out of time here on the Zoom meeting, fellas, because I'm too cheap to pay for premium. Uh, Guff, you took Illinois. That's that's your pick, Illinois over Gonzaga to win it all. Who c- right. complete yep. your final four, and then then Paul, give me a give me a final four, give me a final, give me a champ. Okay, right. we got Arkansas, Gonzaga. Both of you on Arkansas. Yep. Fade the uh, Razorbacks. Got Alabama and West Virginia. Two for Guff. Who yep. we got? Uh, Gonzaga, Texas, Arkansas, Illinois. Okay, and you got Illinois over the Zags. Go, Illinois over the Zags. Yep, I got taking it all. West Virginia over the Zags, mostly for monetary reasons, but I'll hey, at least you know be what? in a, a middle spot if it gets to that point. I have Guff. I'm actually on the opposite side of you. I got Gonzaga over Illinois in a final. That's I just right. think those are the two best teams in the tournament, and they're going Could to happen. duke it out in the championship. But guys, uh, thanks for joining me here. Again, we're on a limited time. Uh, don't want to get cut off here by the Zoom meeting. Paul, I know you got places to be. Um, thanks for joining, and uh, we should do this again sometime, either on a podcast or maybe at an establishment that has televisions and, and draft beer. Looking forward to it sometime soon. Sometime yep, soon. I'll, I'll, I'll take the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. All right, thanks for hopping on, guys. Truly appreciate the time. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>